<laughs> All right, here we go. Motown Rundown. It is Wednesday, September 9th. We are on the eve of the first Lions game of the season. If you can believe it, we made it. After all those months of hopelessness and waking up in the morning and just looking at the, the day. They don't play tomorrow. Well, I mean, this is the episode of the eve, the eve, the leading episode into the, into the game. Does that, well, the does that mean, do we do the picks at the end of the show? Yes. Oh, yeah, we have to. We have to do the picks. Dude, the Lions are favored too, by the way. Three-point favorites. Don't mean, to, don't mean to get ahead of ourselves here. Home but, uh, field advantage, baby. Home field yes. advantage. Absolutely. Restore the roar. But yeah, here we are, uh, September 9th. Uh, we're rolling here. Good to have you guys here. Uh, you guys started school. How's that going? I already am, am reading news reports of uh, the coronavirus pandemic has once again come alive in East Lansing. So thank you guys for doing your part up there. Glad to see you guys are keeping it clean. How, yeah, how's school? How's, how are things? Fill me in. I'm just, I'm just going to say 120 in two weeks. It, I feel not like it's not, it's not horrible for all these people coming <laughs> back to campus. I'm just saying. No, no, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I just, I'm laughing at the sentiment of it. Like, yes, let's pat ourselves on the back. You know, like there was like, what's it called? Weren't there like 5,000 cases at Alabama? I know they're in person or something, but. Well, yeah, but you know, uh, yeah. Look, we're we're not deranged animals. Put it that way. Go go. Yeah, drink. we're not idiots. We're not gonna go out in a big group and just give everyone COVID. So I don't know. The first week of school, though, how are you guys adjusting to the, the virtual reality that is oh, your I mean, education? It stinks. It's horrible. Yeah. I mean, you went it, you went through it last year. It sucks. It's just yeah, way harder to stay focused and all that stuff. And you're not really learning anything. You have to teach yourself the majority of the things. It sucks. Yeah, I haven't really looked at anything for one of my classes. I'm planning on doing that tonight because it's a it's asynchronous. So like, I, it's not like I'm missing stuff, but it's just kind of like it. It would be nice to at least have Zooms for every class, you know, because then I would keep myself accountable and I would stay on top of it. And, you know, I got three classes this day and two this day. So it's a little bit of a headache, but I got my sticky notes. I'm doing all right. I, I bought a bunch of post-it notes, so I'm using those to stay organized. There you go. What, what does that word mean that you used just a couple seconds ago? Sticky and, notes? No, are you serious, Trent? No, asynchronous. Asynchronous is the way, like, you don't have a scheduled class time, but – it's like World of Turf, like how they do that. It's oh, like eight, you know what I'm saying? It's like a straight-up online class. There's no Dude, way. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to tell any professors how to do their job, but that's Bush League. Like, you guys are right, man. I, I was talking to one of my buddies today that was telling me, he's like, yeah, all we, like, we just got to complete these assignments and read the book and just like, like, what's the point of – you might as well just buy the textbook and just learn the stuff on your own like you're Albert Einstein. Like, can, can your professors take an hour out of their day twice a week to maybe just explain to you guys what's going on? Like, that's, it's, it's Bush League. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not – it's not worth – I mean, that education, the education we're getting is not worth what we're paying for it. Not to be that – I can't believe – yeah, to, no, no, no. But I can't believe that they haven't reduced tuition. Like, that's – Incredible. And we go to the University of Phoenix right now. That's that's just kind of how things roll. The Harvard of the, the Harvard of the Midwest. It's all right. It's whatever. I mean, let's just hope we lock in and have something in the spring. That's just I'm, that's I'm a, I'm a glass half full guy. Are you guys buying? Are you guys buying into the uh, the Big Ten football returning in October hype? Yes. Yes, I am. Really? Because I think it'll be back by Thanksgiving. To? Oh, okay. I mean. 
because they, I think the they're going to realize that they're going to lose so much revenue and they still want to get a season in. And they also don't want to screw up next year's season, so they'll just have a season like Thanksgiving. Trent, what are you drinking out of? Um, it is called a half-yard glass. Is With that a vase? It, a vase, a vase. I'm not gonna say what the contents of what are in that drink, but oh no, it's um, okay. People can't see. This is the beautiful. This is the yeah, beautiful. but it, it looks like you're drinking one of those things you get at a uh, Tiger's game when you get a daiquiri. Yeah. yeah, except this one's glass. This is not plastic. This is glass. This is from uh, my aunt gave me this. It's from a bar in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So nice. So, there you go. Probably a lot of Penguins fans. Nice area. This glass, but it's all right. Go wings. Oh uh, well, without further ado, as we as we yeah, go, go wings. Absolutely. That was a uh, low energy source the, of the pod. We got to pick it off. Okay. There's no low energy. There has been uh, whatever, dude. We're rolling. This is exciting. We have an exciting episode today. We're talking Tigers. They had a heck of a game today. Woo. Uh, and then we will talk Lions. We will do our comprehensive Detroit Lions 2020. This is the year. Uh, drink the Kool Aid Memorial preview. Coming at you, a lot of things to do for that. Uh, then we'll end the show with Trent's trifecta. I hope you got a good one for us this week, Trent. And then our dumb sports radio segment that everyone loves, uh, brought to you by Ryan Collins. So, without further ado, uh, the Tigers are officially—I believe they are officially three and six in their last nine since we last spoke. Played the Brewers today at home. They lost nineteen nothing, being out hit twenty-one to two. I mean, I don't know. That it's, it's like a football score. That's like a lopsided high school football game score. You guys, I, uh, it sounds like neither of you guys watched today. Oh, I watched, I watched the first six innings of the game. So I, I was also watching as well, and then I had to leave later in the day to go uh, take care of some business. And it was like 8 nothing when I left, and then all of a sudden it became 19 nothing. So I'd love to look back and read how that happened. Well, yeah, I, I mean, can assume I when Ronnie Garcia came in, when Ronnie Garcia came in, it probably didn't help the cause. I missed it all completely because, full disclosure, I, I had class today from 12.40 to 2.30, which was pretty much the entirety of the game. And besides that, I was watching Serena Williams, not the Tigers. So – which wound up being a good choice, actually. More of a Venus guy. Are you really? No, I'm kidding. I love Serena. She's must-watch television. She's so good. I love Serena. People don't know this about me. She's, like, top three athlete for me all time. Love watching her. Love watching her. Women's tennis is fantastic to watch. Like, they can break everyone's serve, so it's awesome. No, it's electric because it's also just two out of three. It's not three out of five. Yeah. Every point is do or die. But that's neither here nor there. I did not watch the travesty that was the Detroit Tigers today. I hope you guys have some comments because I really got nothing. Um, obviously, you know, I watch them every day except for today. So, you know, I'll just I'll, – I'll, I'll let you guys drive with this one. First of all, Ravs, did you get it on YouTube? And Yeah. Well, no, it was me, for, brutal. Well, I, I – hang on. I First of all, I, I really don't understand how – Living in uh, living a half hour outside of Detroit, how I can't turn on Fox Sports Detroit for every single Tigers game and just watch it is beyond me. I don't I don't understand what this gimmick is they have with YouTube. No disrespect to YouTube, also no free ads, but for them to broadcast, like it, it must be something they're just they're just doing like on YouTube's platform now that the MLB is trying to like make their game more accessible or something. I didn't think the broadcast was all that bad, but. It, it was just – I couldn't watch, like, the first 
10 minutes of the game because I, it's, I had to go find it on YouTube. Like, who, like what, what, what is this? I, I yeah, it was it. stupid. It was, I mean, I, I didn't hate it. I, first of all, it was a nice breath of fresh air not having to listen to Shep. So I will say that. But, I mean, it, the production today, like, literally their camera stopped working in, like, the third inning. It did. So that, that, really that was, that was yes. weird. I'm not going to complain about that. Tyler stumped today. Boyd had no command of his fastball. And when he leaves his fastball out, like, out over the plate, outside corner high, it's going to get rocked every time. It's, like, it's just the way it is. If he can't get that fastball up and in, he, he's just not going to be able to be a productive pitcher. And he didn't have great command on his breaking ball or his changeup today. So, I mean, he got rocked. Also, Gardenhire should have took him out after the third inning. That was unbelievable, didn't it? Yeah, this, this whole Matthew Boyd thing to me, and I know, Collins, you, in your opinion, he had a, a good last three starts. Which he had I a very disagree. good last three starts. I mean, okay, so, so what do you define as a good start, Collins? Because I, I will have you know that in his starts this season, opponents have batted no worse than 285. I wouldn't call any of those good starts. I mean, maybe because, what, they, we weren't losing by six runs going into the third inning. That's why it was a good start. He had, I think the last three starts, he's had quality starts. He's gotten into six. He's at least on a six and a third, and he's given up th- less than three earned runs. So I'll, I, give, I'll I, give you that. You're, that's factually correct. He he has he gave up two, uh, three starts ago, two earned runs, then one earned run, then two earned runs. He went five and a third, six, and then six. So I'll give you that that he's getting deeper into games. Yes, I will also tell you that I was I listened to this on the YouTube broadcast today. The only pitcher in baseball to give up back-to-back leadoff home runs to start a game this season is Matthew Boyd. He's done it four times this year. Four. So you let that sink in. Can you say that one more time? There is only one pitcher in Major League Baseball this year that has allowed back-to-back home runs to start a game, and that pitcher is Matthew Boyd, and he's done it four times this season. That won't happen again. Is that 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 ever in history? Is I don't know. <laughs> 60 game season, too. It's just, and, and I, I agree, Collins, you made some great points. I know he's trying to mix in this changeup a bit more. And I think for a guy, here, here's the bottom line, and you hit the nail right on the head. For a guy that only throws the ball on his best day if he ate breakfast, 93 miles per hour, you can't miss with pitches belt high. You just can't. And if you can't locate your fastball at Major League Baseball, you're going to have a tough time as it is. It'd be one thing if the guy was throwing 98 because you're going to get guys to swing and miss on a belt-high fastball probably more times than not. But it's just every time he gets – there was a string today in the second or third inning where it was just like there were like three doubles in a row, and they were just getting crushed to left field because hitters can time him up so well because he doesn't throw with all that much authority. But I don't know, you know, as far as if you want to get into mechanics or approach or whatever change from last year to this year, because last year he was the strikeout. Yeah, Rives is struggling, but I'm going to finish what he was trying to say. He was just bad at them last year. Continue what you're saying, Rives. Kind of cut out there. Great. Sweet, sweet Wi-Fi accessibility in my basement here. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Um, no, I was saying, I don't, as far as the things, am I still unstable? I'm getting the message that I'm unstable. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Unbelievable. Thanks, Zoom. Um, yeah, no, but I, as far as what changed from last year to this year, I don't have a ton of answers for you. 
Um, I, I just think his his command. I mean, he sucked at that last year too, though. Yeah, but he at least you know he was your he was your best pitcher on your staff, and you know it was I I don't want to keep beating the dead horse. They should have traded him, but it, it's you almost to me the thing I get frustrated with with Gardenhire, and you mentioned the two Collins. He Matthew Boyd is like guaranteed four or five innings, no matter what. And when you're losing, I, I want to say going into the fourth inning, they were maybe losing three to four, three or four, four to nothing, nothing, which, which like you're you're somewhat within striking distance. But then you give up a bomb and you're down six nothing, and then get pulled. It's like, dude, the the wind has been sucked out of your team sails before you can even get off to the start at the at the plate. Yeah, like, this he's and I, I know you're kind of. You're, you're too late in the season now, all things considered, to like, oh, we'll just let someone else pitch and have Boyd figure it out in AAA or have him go sit in the bullpen for a – but it's like, can you get the guy – like, you might need to sit – like, have him skip a start because he's, he's, he's got nothing. Like, the, the Brewers – the Brewers going into their first series with the Tigers, Keston Hira had the best batting average on that team at, like, 237. Like, they're not an overwhelmingly good team at the plate this year, which is strange because they have – the reigning NL MVP and Christian Yelich who just can't figure it out this year. But my God, like you're not playing the Yankees. Not that the Yankees are playing very well right now, but we're talking about the Brewers and he just gets lit. Like his, the Tigers also too are second in the league with most highest ERA uh, in relation to their starting pitching rotation. The Red Sox are the only team that has a starting rotation that has a higher combined ERA. So the starting pitching hasn't been great. And that's a combination of Boyd's been terrible Michael Fulmer's trying to fight back from Tommy John surgery and hasn't really been tremendous. And then, you know, Turnbull's on cold and you have two rookie pitchers trying to figure their stuff out. So that was the story of today. It's hard to, it's hard to play baseball when you're losing six, nothing in the fourth inning. Well, I'm just going to say this and we can go on and on because I mean, I think I saw Wojo tweet this and we can discuss this after I make this point, but I think they found, like, three legit, like, young guys who have bats. Like, Candelario was on fire. Willie Castro was on fire. Willie Castro today hit one, like, 415, and it was a triple because we played in America yep. Park. Like, he had a bomb today. I think he's batting, like, something like 430 in his last eight games. He's ripping the ball. Candelario was on fire, like I said. And Victor Reyes has been really, really good all year. So, I, I, you've legitimately found three position players that might be pieces in the future. And – you didn't really think that before maybe like two week, maybe like three weeks ago. So that's encouraging. The starting pitching's got to be better. Casey Mice has not been good. Scoobles, I, I think Scoobles been better than Mice. Like, I, I don't think that's a hot take. Like, he's given the Tigers better chances to win than Mice has ever since Mice's first start. So, I, I, Scoobles on the mound tomorrow, and he's probably pitching today if you're listening to the podcast when it comes out. But – I, the the pitching has to be better, and the bullpen's trying to come back to earth a little bit, but it's not horrible. It's not it, 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 like Cisnero, like Cisnero, Garcia, Soto, like they can get people out. And Jimenez, I, he sucks. He he's been really mm-hmm. bad this year, but I I still have faith in Jimenez to be able to contribute in some form. Not saying he's to be your closer, but a guy who can get a couple outs every once in a while. And Tyler Alexander's been good. But I, 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 they're at the point they have to start Norris. I'm sorry. Thank you. And, and they're just underutilizing him. They really are. And, and I get he's thriving in the role he is right now, but you're struggling so much in the starting staff. 
you might as well give this K an, another shot in the starting rotation. And if it doesn't work for two rotations, just send it back to the bullpen. It's not that like you're not, it's not like you're risking like taking someone good out of the pitching rotation. Maybe go to a six man rotation for a couple of weeks. I I know what I mean. Give your guys a little bit more rest. I wouldn't hate that. Just you got to give Daniel Norris a shot because you can't start games like they did today, and they do that way too often with their rotation right now. And Zimmerman's back up. Did you guys see that? Oh, so maybe great, he's starting dude. tomorrow. That's great. They'll probably they'll send yeah they'll send Mize down so, so Zimmerman can get his innings in. Listen, I have one piece. I have one piece to say since I have really kind of sandbagged in this 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 part of the podcast here. Here's my thing, and it's not going to be super insightful. The bottom line for me is this: Yes, Collins, you are correct. You have found three positional players who are young and who have proven themselves this year that they can go into next year a regular, a full regular season, and have starting positions and play every day. This team can hit. We have seen this team win games 8-0. We've seen this team win games 11-2. You know what I mean? So you guys nailed it. I won't beat the dead horse. The pitching just has to be better. That's the bottom line. And whether the answer is bringing, you know, trying to throw Zimmerman in there, like Norris, I, I mean. You can do, or, or letting Norris, you know, throw Norris one last bone at being a starter, bringing him out of the, the you know, bullpen. But, Collins, you're right. Scooble has been better than Mize. Since that first and, and maybe second start, Mize hasn't really looked good at all. Actually, he's, he's – It's a little concerning, back. actually. Yeah, it, it is a little concerning. Um, but, you know, I mean, those guys are still young. I think we've just kind of fallen victim to this whole thing of, like, it's a 60-game season. The Tigers factually are, like, kind of within striking distance here. They got a fighter's chance, puncher's chance to make the playoffs in this wild year that is 2020. So you're just kind of like, we're hung out to dry as fans, and and, and as as I guess we call ourselves analysts, journalists, whatever on this podcast, because we we literally watch this team that that we think has potential playoff chances, and the starting pitching stinks, or they won't put their everyday third baseman at third, or you know there's just certain things, or or, or the manager won't throw out the best nine every day. It's just it's frustrating. It really is. But I think I, when, when we boil it all down. It's all it's it's starting pitching. You guys, yes. Have- and I think if you're the field, like Goodrum went on the IL, and ever since then their defense has been a lot better in the infield. I think because Paredes is just factually a pretty good third baseman, and I don't hate. I mean, Willie Castro made one of the worst errors I've ever seen. I think like a week ago when he threw it in like the tenth step, <laughs> like the tenth row on yeah. a, like a routine ground ball. But he's pretty solid at shortstop. He's better than Goodrum there. And Strope's like Strope. He's not a great positional second baseman, but he's solid. He kind of reminds me of Johnny Peralta. If it's hit at him, he'll make the play. And Candy's been a little better at first. So I'll give you that. And I think moving up Daz Cameron, the big move that happened this morning, and DFA and Christian Stewart, I think that's a symbol of them kind of not like going all the way in, but they're like, we're going to like. We're going to try and put our best athletes and most talented people on the field for this last, like, 20 to 23-game sprint. Yeah, I, I did want to mention that, too. We obviously, in this last week or so, did see the debuts of Sergio Alcantara, Derek Hill, and Daz, and Daz Cameron coming up today. Um, I, I, I don't want to completely beat the dead horse on what you guys are saying. I think as far as the Scooball and Mize thing, I think they'll both be fine. Scooball has actually been better. I'm not so concerned with Mize. I, I 
I think he'll figure it out. Yeah. When he's, well, when he's good and his stuff is on, like it's good. It's and it's so good to the point where it's like, okay, this is, this is fine. Obviously you lose Jacoby Jones for the year. Um, You send Stewart down, as you say, and bring Daz Cameron up. I I know I was listening to garden hire the game after uh, right when they were sending Stewart down, just pretty much just saying like, we know we like we know he's capable of hitting. He's just not hitting. He's not swinging the bat, and that's that's just how it rolls here at the major league level. And I know you guys have, seem to have a pretty much well, shorter leash on Christian Stewart than I. Much did. shorter leash. He's played well, in a team for three years and stunk. Here's what I don't get. I don't here's, three years. Here's what I don't get. Two. Well, two and a half. If we can consider this year a half, whatever. But let me let me explain kind of my, my bone to pick with Kristen Stewart. And actually more with Ron Gardenhire in that, that comment he made. What does that mean? Does that mean, like, oh, we know he can hit, but he's not hitting. Does that he mean you're going to give him another chance next year? You're going to give him another chance? Like, I don't understand what that means. If you're going to justify setting someone down because they're bad by saying we know he has potential, that's a red flag to me because all that's telling me is they're probably going to give him the benefit of the doubt and roll into next year. Guess no, what? I mean, I, 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 I mean I, he can't hit at the major league level. It, there's proof. So I, I, it might work out somewhere else, but it's not going to work out here. Move on. No offense to Christian Stewart. No it, it offense. Does, it does seem like they want it. it. It does seem like based on those comments, Trent, that they, they really want it to work for Christian Stewart. But to me, like the clock's ticking. I mean, you bring up Derek Hill, who it's traditionally over. doesn't have a great bat, and like Daz Cameron as well, who didn't look tremendous today, but obviously – First game jitters, I'll give him a little bit of pass there. I, I just, you know, I, I'm really, really sick of watching Bonifacio play, by the way. Like, I don't really fundamentally understand where he plays. Like, why, Like I feel like I've seen Derek Hill play once. I know he, like, he's come into, like, the parts of two games. Maybe I'm not watching closely enough. He is. But, like, if, if you're going to bring him up, like, let's go. And Daz Cameron, like, cool, I'm, I'm glad to see him here. But you found a guy in Victor Reyes who's going to play every day in the outfield. And I, I want to – I'd also, by the way, would love to see Jake Rogers. There's, like, less than a month of Made games left, and we haven't seen him at all. So, I, I, I he mean – He has to stink. Yeah, he clearly must just – they must have completely just dropped the ball on his development because to not see him right – I mean, again, it's not like it's not, it's not like Romine's playing all tremendously well, and Grayson Griner yeah. is not like it. you got to keep him in the lineup. Like what? Grayson Griner, by the way, let me say this. Real it's quick. so bad. I'm not going <clears> to <throat> – we have harped on it for weeks. Oh, he stinks. Particularly Collins and I as Ravs for some yeah. reason. Because he's so bad. The sentimental connection to Grayson Griner. He's horrible. I don't know what it is. He's terrible. I mean, is is he batting? I think he's at like 110. Is about Griner, though? Like, if he gets a hit, it's an extra base hit. It's kind of funny. He hit a bomb off of that <laughs> yeah. position player that came in the other day. Yeah. I think it was yeah, against the cool. same thing with Same thing with Kristen Stewart. If he gets a hit, it's either a homer or, or a double. Yeah, I don't know. I That old Cantra guy, he actually looked pretty solid, and look, he was pretty good in the field at third base when they turned that 5-4-1. Like, yeah, nice. I, I don't know if I got the numbers right. He's out of cannon. Hit a bomb in his first game. Had a triple in the second game. I think he started, but he doesn't look bad. Paredes, I, I might need to start a dialogue. I don't know about Paredes. He looks so comfortable, and he may, he doesn't strike out a ton, but he doesn't hit the ball very hard. His stance is very weird. Very it's not even that he's comfortable in there. He just he, he, I I think it could turn around or flip from it eventually because 
like he factually is just a, you can tell he's a smart baseball player and yeah. he's a, he 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 gets wood on the ball. So I I, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I think Paredes has shown enough to where, like, he's kind of solidified a spot on the team next year. I don't know if he's going to start or play every day. Yeah, yeah, I would agree deserves, with that. I mean, he, he deserves, you know, the right to have the jury still out on him. But his, his, his stance, though, I mean, his stance looks like my stance. If you know anything about me and how, how bad I am at baseball – not a compliment. Let me just. He can see the ball. He can see the ball a bit longer. That open stance. If it's beautiful. Yeah. I look. I. I, I don't want to. Here's my thing. In the, like my parting words here with the Tigers before I, I want. There's one last little question I want to ask you guys before we move into Lions. I don't want to jump the gun because it is a 60 game season. Again, you look at a guy like Christian Yelich who might not be batting over 200. It's, it, it takes a second for, for a 60 game sprint. These guys don't have as much time or leeway to get their feet under them in the box. I get that. Paredes is like 0 for his last 20-something. Not a good look. I'm not going to throw the book out on Paredes right now because he hasn't been hitting as of late. All I need an explanation for, and I've said this probably the last three or four episodes, every single guy this team brings up, they throw him at third base. Because it, it, like are, are they committing to Nico Goodrum at short? Because you you know as soon as he's off the IL, he's going back to short. And if CJ Crone was still up here, he'd be playing first base. Candy would be playing third. You wouldn't see Castro. You wouldn't see Alcantara. You, would you wouldn't see, see I mean, Lugo. You so so the the best thing that's happened to your team this year, and I hate to say it, is that Nova's not been healthy. Zimmerman's not been healthy. Crone's gotten hurt and Jones got, has gotten hurt because that's where you're seeing guys get their opportunities. You're yeah. telling me Daz Cameron would have come up this year if Jones was healthy. Like, no, they're, they no, would have he, no spot he, out for him because they're trying to get, they're, they're, they're just trotting Bonifacio out to right field. Who's a minus defender, by the way. And like, that's how they roll. I, I there's no, they're going to resign scope because, because Gardy loves, Oh yeah. Well, scope, Scope got they should. The what are you even talking about, Rabs? What is, what is that? What is that tone where, where they say they shouldn't you, sign where Scope? Do you want they, uh, dude, I have no problem with them re-signing Scope. I'm just, I'm just telling you. It's well, another do, infield, just because they're young doesn't mean they're good. Scope is good. I'm tired of it's this. It's another infield position that you're taking up from a guy that but, could, is trying to earn a spot. It, it's second base. Where's Willie Castro going to play? Back Short stop. Goodrum's about to be out of here. If I, can, if I can pull the line here between both of you, here's my thing. Like, I'm with you, Rabs. Like, I don't think – I don't see the reason to hang on to these old guys Scope's for fine. no reason. Scope's fine. Don't here's get me thing. wrong. Scope, Scope's an exception because he's good, for one, like Colin said. And he's, he's 28. It's sounding like he's, he's old. Best, he's been the best player, but he also plays second base. I think – Every dilemma, day. Well, okay, but the dilemma comes at shortstop and third slash first, because apparently everyone who plays third, we throw out first anyways. So I don't really get it. But I, I guess my thing is just like, and I'll harp on this every week until it starts happening. Okay. I, I, go I, ahead, go ahead, Sean. I got a point I, after you. I just want to say Mario needs to play third. If you want to put Paredes at, at short, that's fine. I don't really care. All I'm saying is this. There, there's no there's no direction because then you have Torkelson coming down the pipeline and he's probably going to play with yep. him. Next he's got to be a third baseman. He's got to be a third baseman for some I, reason. I just don't get it. There's got to be an odd man out. It's not Scope. I'll give you that. But I just don't know who it is because, like you guys said, Willie Castro's been hitting the ball. 
He's been playing keep, great. Gotta, gotta play him every day. Alcantara looked awesome, but my problem is like, I, I just don't get it. I don't know where he fits. I don't, I don't know why we're trying all this extra bullshit if we don't have spots for it. That's my thing. I don't know. I, I just if you, if you look at the future of this team, you can definitively cut the fat off with Nico Goodrum. I think everyone's ready to watch him go. Good riddance. Like, not bad. Not a bad player. We just have better players. We have better options at shortstop. And like you said, Rabs, I don't really understand the whole marriage to him at second every day. You know, because when he comes back, you're exactly right. They're going to plop him right back in at second, even though he's hitting what? Like, shortstop. Or, or shortstop, sorry. They're going to plop him right back in yeah. at shortstop, and he's hitting like 180. I just don't get it. Right, and then okay, Castro's I, I, not going to get the play. Go ahead, Collins. I'm going to say one thing. It's not that simple. I mean, it is that simple. Sorry. Goodrum will not be here in the future. He's batting 200. Willie Castro is batting, I think, 340 right now. Yep. Like that, they're going to play that guy. Paredes is not hitting. They'll play Candy at third. They'll re-sign Stope, and then they'll figure out what they're going to do at first if they re-sign Prone or they go in a different direction or Torkelson. I like. I think everyone's overreacting the fact that they drafted Torkelson at third. They're going to play him either at third or first, whatever's available. And and if Candelario is going to hit like this and be this type of player, it'll be first base. I'm not worried about that. That's like two years away. So we we all got relaxed about that. But, like, in the short term, I get what you're saying. Just Goodrum should not be playing over Castro or anything. Just he's not a good positional shortstop. He's not hitting the baseball. Castro is better at both phases of that game. And, and you're not getting to see, like, an Alcantara or something like that because they're kind of squeezed in the infield. I get what you're saying. But I, I think it's simpler than we're making it out to be. Well, you're you're right, and this I guess this is my last piece on Tigers, and then we can then we can move on. You know, Rabs, you got something to say? Uh, we'll we'll hear you out. My thing is just like if Nico Goodrum, if this was last year, I believe Nico Goodrum hit around like two fifty. Then you can start you can sort of justify it because like Collins, you mentioned Johnny Peralta earlier in the podcast. Johnny Peralta hit about two fifty, was a decent shortstop defensively, and they hit roided up and hit three thirty. <laughs> but he hit like what, like seventh or eighth in the lineup, like. There's a spot for that if those are the numbers you're putting up. The problem is, Eagle Goodrum simply isn't producing like that this year. And I think that's where the frustration comes uh, on more of the side of, like, me and Rabs because it's like, I just don't get it. But like you say, it's, it's, it's simpler than we're making it out to be. He's just not going to be here next year or, or wherever. or He's not going to be playing every day. And, you know, whatever. Time, time's going to tell. But, again, I think the most frustrating part of this is that we kind of have somewhat of an expectation in our head that the Tigers will continue to compete. And, you know, after, like you said, Rabs, three and six in the last nine isn't great. But so, so of course, there's going to be some bones to pick. I don't know. That's a good segue to my last thing here. There are a, a, a couple games out of the wild, last wild card spot. Do we actually think they get it done? Uh, no, but I do think I- – I think the next week is crucial. Like I and I know that's stupid to say since there's only 20 games left, but I they would need to like get into the wild card spot in the next week for me to believe in them to be have enough pitching for them to have a chance to make it because the Yankees are going to get healthy, the Yankees are going to get a little bit better and and like the Yankees are playing so below their like potential, it's incredible. So I I, I figured they'll be able to pull it all together and may and I don't really believe in Toronto just yet because they just got so many younger guys 
But unless the pitching improves, it's it's just it's stupid to believe that they can get it done. But the stupid fan in me, the person who puts money on the Tigers every single day because they're money line dogs, and, and I think they have a shot in every game. This lineup has proven time and time again they can produce. They like they really they really had a nice start to the season on an offense that I really thought was going to be really bad. And if they could get some pitching, like it's not crazy to think that they can make the playoffs. It's not a crazy thought. I it's just I think it's crazy to believe in the pitching. Like and it's just hard for me to see them go through a twenty the twenty three game stretch here where they get at least fifteen to sixteen quality starts, which is what they're going to need if they want to get into the playoffs because. People are going to start playing some better baseball down the stretch. It's not going to – being below 500 is not going to get you in. Well, that's true. That's true for a multitude of reasons. But, look, here's – the question Rabs is asking is essentially, are you are you optimistic about the, the Tigers? Or are you pessimistic? I mean, it's like if you're looking at the schedule, they could. Obviously, they could because we already knew coming into this season – 40 of your 60 games are against division opponents. So, I mean, you see you see the Indians coming down the pipeline, the Royals, the White Sox, Twins. You got series against all of them, too, against the Royals. And it's like, yes, Collins, you're right. This lineup they throw out every day can produce. They can win. If Gardy makes the right choices and throws out the best nine every single day and you get a little bit of pitching support. I'm not saying you got to go seven innings and, and shut them out. But, you know, if you, if you limit it to two or three runs, the Tigers can absolutely win these games. The question is, of course, Collins, it comes back to, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's stupid to believe in that or not because I don't know. We, we've seen both ends of the spectrum so often this year. It's either the Tigers give up – not 19 runs. Today was an anomaly. But they, they either give up eight runs or, or you know, the, the pitching no, lights right. out. And you see – you see the bullpen absolutely lighting it up and doing great, and and the Tigers can, you know, hit hit a couple moonshots and win eight to two. You know, I'm worried about the bullpen. I'm, that is one thing that we didn't really touch on that like largely. It's not even just the starting pitching. Like the starting pitching, like I think the last like three weeks has been better than it was to start the year. But the bullpen was just so locked in that they were like keeping them. In. I, the bullpen has not been nearly as good as it was early in the season. Jimenez is lost. Soto, when he comes into the game, it's either – he basically throws fastball every time, so it's a little nerve-wracking. Like, he can get away with it because he's so electric, but, like, if someone catches up to it, it might be 450 to deep left. So, I, I – the pitching's just got to be better all around for them to even have a shot because, like, the pitching literally takes them out of games, like, immediately. The, when you're down four to nothing, it's hard for a baseball team to be like, okay, let's go get some runs. It's like you. I feel like they have a bunch of games where they're down like six to zero, like four innings in. Every time they seem to be in a tight game, they either find a way to win or they lose in a heartbreaking fact. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they're pretty solid in tight games. So, it, it, just a little bit better starting pitching. Like, just go five innings and give your team a shot. And I, I, I don't know. I know I'm rambling on, but. No, yeah, I mean, I look, they're, this, this team's so hot and cold, it's unbelievable, the point where, as you said, they'll either beat a team 10-2 to 2 or they're losing 19 nothing. Well, obviously, it's probably not going to happen again this year, but I don't know. I think we've said all there is to say. I, I think at the beginning of the year, we were pretty hyped up on the bullpen, and now you've kind of seen things come back down to earth. As Colin said earlier, 
you know, I, I look at the bullpen. Soto struggled. We, we thought that he was some unbelievable horse that's just going to come in and be unhittable. Not the case. Cisnero got lit in an absolute meaningless game the other day. I'm really not sure why Garden hired threw him in the mix there when they're up 8 nothing, and then things kind of got out of hand there for a second. They had to take him out. Um, Jimenez, same thing. Like, I don't know. This guy's supposed to be a closer. I don't know what the direction is for him because he's just he, – there's always guys on while he's in the game. Um, between John Schreiber and, and Ronnie Garcia, I think you shake their hands and say thanks for the uh, thanks for coming out. But there's they don't really don't have major league stuff, at least not on this day. I don't care what what John Schreiber's arm angle is like; it doesn't matter when you throw 90 miles per hour and lay it in like it's soft toss in, in the middle of the strike zone. So I don't know. I, they're going to need help because between there's so many teams locked up fighting for that wild card spot that all have like 19, 20 wins. Some teams just got to get hot and other teams just have to be mediocre or level off. And this last stretch here going three and six since we last talked uh, is not going to help. But uh, Tigers will continue to push on. We'll keep you updated with that. But now for the big stuff, Trent has the jersey on today. Um, this is where I think it's almost I'm almost numb to the fact that we're going to be watching Lions football on Sunday. But Bears at Lions this Sunday in an empty Ford Field. Uh, 1 p.m. Forward down the um, field. <laughs> there's, oh, a million, there's a million. There's a million. Is Gridiron there? Hey, Rabs, you know why you're numb? You know why you're numb? Why? You're numb because there's been no preseason. It's crazy. Yeah. This is yeah. wild. Like, no vibe. It's the road on Sunday, man. It's weird. But is Gridiron there? I need to know. Well, they'll have him there. They have to. He has he to. I would love them. He the song. I would love to – if they talk to him, like, live TV and it's like, here we go, Lions fans, and it's just like him <laughs> pointing right into the camera, I would lose it. He has to be there. He will be there. God, gridiron. I love that guy. Um, there's a couple different ways that we can attack this today. I guess let's back up a little bit. I The, uh, the depth chart has officially come out. I don't know if you guys have taken a look at it. Um, I guess we can talk about the roster briefly and then we can get into maybe record predictions, expectations. And I also do want to talk about uh, the scenario in which you see our head coach and potentially GM no longer be a part of the franchise if it hits the fan this season, what that would look like. Um, But as far as roster depth chart things, obviously the Lions signed Adrian Peterson, which if I was, I don't know, 13 years old, I would be elated right now. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Sounds good. Um, and then you look at the roster, too. I, the, the, the only thing that really jumped out to me, um, Jonah Jackson will be starting at right guard, which I don't know if that's a huge surprise to anyone, but um, obviously the rookie from Ohio State will get a chance to start there. Um, only other thing that really maybe surprised me was as far as the running back depth chart goes, they have Swift. Ooh. I believe Swift is listed fourth on the depth chart with yeah. Uh, Not a good draft pick by me. With with Jamal uh, Agnew, that won't that won't be that won't right. Be. Which is strange. Wrong, the Jamal Agnew thing is absurd. I don't know why they're listing him as like a wide receiver and a running back. He's just gonna play in like jet sweep situations, like goal line, like weird trickery stuff. He's not gonna be like like if you actually look at the receivers Alliance have. Obviously, you got Marvin and Galladay, Amendola, Marvin Hall, Quint Cephas. All those guys are gonna get more targets this year than Jamal Agnew. So, like, he, yeah. he's kind of an extra skill guy. You throw him in the backfield when you want to do a little trickery, whatever. But as far as the Swift thing goes, not, not to, like, cut you guys off and, like, make a huge deal out of this, I just don't think 
he's listed he's listed fourth string because he's a rookie. I think that's just simply how yeah. it like, yeah. Oh, come on. Like Patricia yeah. is doing the whole Belichick thing. Like for Christ's sake, Cam Newton was the third string quarterback two weeks ago and then he just got named the starting job. Like it's it's just it's a Belichick thing. It's Patricia. I, I don't know what you're Swift is better better off utilized in this in this uh this offense right now than Adrian Peterson is. I I the I would say that maybe if they didn't bring in Adrian Peterson, but they did, and he's already second on the depth chart. I think Swift is a little banged up too in camp. Like he's had some injury yeah. concerns. He's been limited in practice. I'm not concerned about the pick or anything like that. I'm also not happy that I drafted him in the sixth round of my fantasy football draft. I'll tell you that. That's it's a horrible you. pick. Just guess what? He's not he's not gonna play for the first half, at least of the year, it seems like. Which is not it's not the end of the world. I'm not saying it is, but I mean the Adrian Peterson signing, like whatever, it is what it is. Ty Johnson wasn't bad last year. Like he's not he's a serviceable back. Like especially if you're gonna do use him in a stat back role. So I don't hate that. I, I mean the running de- back depth chart's actually pretty solid in my mind in my oh, eyes. It's, it's because great. when Tyrion's healthy, he's good. Yeah. And let me say this real quick, you know, a little tongue in cheek here. Let me let me applaud Bob Quinn for picking Jason Huntley fifth overall. Or, oh my God, fifth fifth round pick. Those are worst And then not even make the damn practice squad. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, because he got picked up. Someone else we took all him. Knew. Guys, listen, listen. They cut him, Rebs. They cut him. He's not on the practice squad. No, they tried to put him on the practice squad. He got claimed off of waivers by Philly. Yeah, because he didn't make Whatever. the team. Whatever. Whatever. You picked him. I the- know he didn't make the team. They the wanted to keep back. him on the practice squad. Let me turn cool. the clocks back a little bit. We all texted throughout the whole draft process. And I remember all of us saying before the fifth round, after the fourth round came around, we were like, okay, it's got to be defensive linemen, right? Like, yeah. the only <laughs> defensive lineman on the depth chart right now is Danny Shelton, Deshaun Hand, and Austin Bryant, who can't ever stay healthy. Like, or I'm talking like D tackles. So I'm thinking, okay, of course we're going to pick a D-tackle. I'm starting – you know, the, the wheels are starting to turn. The MSU fan of me is like, maybe they'll pick Kenny Willekes, like change his position, whatever. Jason Huntley, everyone's pissed. Oh, sweet. Okay, it's another running back to add to your team. Then we get a little excited because we're like, oh, he might return punts or something like that. Nope, cut him. Whatever. I just I – don't, I don't get it. But yeah, I'm not, I would like to applaud yeah. Hopkins for that. Whatever. It is what it is. I – Obviously, he was only going to be a special teams guy. I think he's fast as shit, so I'm sure Philly will have fun with him like the Darren Sproles 2.0. But, um, yeah, I don't know. For me, as far as the depth chart, is Austin Bryant still hurt, man? Because I didn't see him on the depth chart. Like, what's his deal? Well, he's, he, like, on the, he's on the physically unable to perform. I mean, okay, the I love, this. I, I love to see the guy. I love to see the guy play. But, yeah, I mean, the only thing, again, the only thing to me that stuck out about the roster – was the Adrian Peterson thing. Obviously, Bo Scarborough was going to miss the first couple weeks because he's injured. So, I don't know. It'll be cool to see AP in a Lions uniform. But other than that, you know, my – obviously a topic that we can get a bit more into as far as players that we're going to watch. But eyes are on carry on, man. Like, if he can go – if he can go three downs to me, I don't care what anyone says. He can see a three-down bat when he's healthy. He is. Like and if he if he can oh. go then let's go and oh, if they're bringing these extra guys in because they need up they need you know they want to limit carry ons touches so he's he's not as injury prone you know in theory then whatever but I don't know let's roll the balls out man I like the, whatever I like the roster let's go 
Well, it's all trickery too. Cause I mean, if you look at not to, I personally, I hate the Detroit Patriots thing, but if you look at what the Patriots do, it, it's, it's, it's a rotating wheel. Wow. You got your, you got your bell cow back at right now with Sony Michelle in new England, but you also have, you know, your occasional like James White's Rex Burkhead's all those type of guys. You can just come in and like, Spice it up a little bit. I think that's what you got here because you got a really deep running back room. Yep, I agree. Um, I guess, you know, I don't know where else we, we want to take this as far as if we want to roll into the actual season now, if we want to do predictions, expectations. I, I do also want to get into the conversation of, you know, it, it, at what point is your breaking point? Because I look, I guess if, if I'll, I'll start off with some before I give you the record, we do the picks and whatnot, but. I, I, I've said the last couple of years, and I know Trent and I have been on the same page, and Collins, you've maybe disagreed a bit. I actually think the roster has gotten better over the last two, three years in the Patricia era. I don't really think that's so much the problem as it was just coaching, and obviously you lose Stafford for the better part of last year, which doesn't help you at all, and you really have no chance without him. But the the name of the game is staying healthy. And if this team can do it, I think this roster just on paper looks like a team that can win nine, 10 games can compete for the division. And I won't, I really don't want to hear otherwise. I, I, I get, I get the sentiment of, you know, they, they haven't shown you anything. So why believe it? Why believe in them until they've shown you something? I just say, looking at the roster on paper, I'm confident in what this team has to offer. I think the shakeup on the defensive end with Corey Unlund coming in can only bring you up a notch from where you were last year. Uh, and, and, you know, to, to me, looking at worst case scenario, you know, I, I would like to believe in my heart of hearts that if the Lions are staring at a season where they're only going to be winning five or six games, I got to imagine you shake Patricia's hand and just say, thanks, but no thanks, dude, because I, that, that to me would also show us a sign of, you know, even though you have Sheila Hamford now at the reins here, this organization and people want to say, Oh, nothing's going to change, whatever. If we're looking at a season where the lions are three and eight rolling into week, whatever, it's going to be 13, 12, 14, whatever. And, and Sheila's got the balls to shake, to shake Matt's hand and go, well, we appreciate your service, but you know, we, we, you're done here. Then like, at least you have some commitment to getting better. I don't think Bob Quinn's the issue. I don't buy into the whole, if one goes, they both have to go. Um, but as far as surface level expectations, predictions for you guys, as far as what the season's going to look like, I'd also like to hear, you know, what's your breaking point as far as the Matt Patricia era here in Detroit? Doesn't know the playoffs this year. He has to be fired. It's as simple as that. And if, if there's any other, I like, he was brought in here after the, previous coach wins the playoffs two out of three years. And you could say Jim Caldwell was not a good in-game manager. He also got the Detroit Lions to two playoff appearances in three years, which is very good for the history of the Detroit Lions. And you brought in someone to take the top off the franchise and move them forward, and they've gotten worse. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, he has to be fired. Simple as that. Well, listen, I, and Collins, I, I 1,000% agree. To give it a little more context – I'm 20 years old. Jim Caldwell was the coach for the Lions' best season of my lifetime. That's true. Look it up. Lions won 11-5 in 2014. And, yes, Matt Patricia was brought here to bring you an echelon above what Jim Caldwell had already done. The problem is Jim Caldwell won 56, I think it's like 56.2% of his games, 
regular season with Detroit. Matt Patricia is still sitting on single-digit wins in two seasons. So it's kind of like, dude, yeah, you got to show up here. Now I'll say, I'll say this. I believe, I believe this year. We'll get into all that later because I think the defense is going to be better, and I think Stafford being healthy is huge. Obviously, it's monumental for this team. Bevel's great. Unlin, you know, we'll see. But at least you got Pascaloni out of there. All the other moving parts, of course, they matter and everything. But the, at the end of the day, you are the head coach because you're going to take the fall if the team doesn't perform. And you guys already said it. If the Lions don't make the playoffs this year, Trisha's got to go. go. He's got to go. He's got to go. Yes, there's no, way go. there's no way around it. What would you say as far as if we want to do the cliche of let's let's do it? I want to, I want to hear – Honest record predictions. What do you think is is your your honest to god approach to uh, what you see this team doing this year? I know the record thing is cliche and and it's not cliche. You got to do it. You got to get. We got to get it on the record if we're going to talk well, about this okay, team the whole year. Okay, let's let's go on the record. Ryan Collins, start us off. What's the record? Nine and seven. Year? I think they're. I think if Stafford stays healthy, he keeps them in every game, and they have good talent around Matthew Stafford. I just am a little questionable about their depth on the defensive side of the ball. It was kind of like the same thing last year. I don't know how much they improved their front four. I don't know what their scheme's going to look like. But I, I truly don't have that much belief in this defense. And I don't think Jeff Okuda's going to be able to help you the way you need him to help you just right now. Like, I, I, it's a process with cornerbacks, especially the young ones. You want to see some bright spots, but I, it's hard to rely on a guy year one. You only see that a couple times, like guys like Marcus Lattimore and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, that's a tough ask. So I, I think nine and seven. I think they have an opportunity to make the playoffs. They'll have two or three games at the end of the season. You probably got to win all of them to make the playoffs. I don't know if they do, but I'm gonna say nine and seven. Listen, if you can, if you can qualify this podcast as any sort of like, you know, luster here. My calling card has always been that I don't drink the Kool-Aid. I literally inject it into my veins. So yep. here's what I'll say. I've been bouncing between 11-5 and 5 and 10-6. and 6. I'm going to say 10-6. and 6. I think the Lions go 10-6 and 6 this year. Whether or not that wins the division or not, you know, time will tell. I don't know. Here's my thing. And, Collins, you mentioned Okuda. Getting rid of Slay was huge because that's a big loss, obviously. Say what you want about him. He was good. Well, yes. Yeah, he was a top five corner. I, I defended him all year. I was like, this dude's a top five corner. I don't care what anyone says. He's, he's absolutely shut down. Uh, you know, you see him get ripped all game by Keenan Allen and then make the game clinching interception. Like, it, it's just things like that. You bounce back. You make big plays, all that kind of stuff. But whatever, he's gone. You have since moved on. I will say this about the cornerback situation. I believe that the, the three-headed monster of Jeff Okuda – Desmond Trufant and Justin Coleman is better collectively as a threesome than Rashawn Melvin, Justin Coleman, and Darius Slay. I really do believe that. I don't think I don't think Melvin was bad by any stretch of the word, but Des Trufant is coming in as a number one, a proven number one corner from another team. Obviously, he's not on Slay's level, but assuming Okuda can pick up some of that slack, and you have Amani Oruwariye, but whatever. I don't want to talk about like I don't want to get into the whole depth chart there at cornerback. My thing is this. I think the Lions last year, it's pretty simple. Stafford missed eight games. If Stafford were to replicate what he would have done in those first eight games, he would have led the entire league in passing yards. He would have led the entire league in passing touchdowns. And the Lions would have made the playoffs, whether it's a wild card or not. If you go back and look at those teams, you know, those, those records, you know, obviously the Packers, I think, won 12 games that year. 
last year. So they probably still would have won the division. But I don't think the Lions are that far off. Rabs, you touched on it. I don't think the roster's bad. We're going to see here. It's it's interesting because we don't get a preseason to really get any sort of gauge on what's going on here. We already talked about the running back room, cornerback room a little bit. But I just think Stafford's healthy. And, and look, after last year, if you're a Lions fan and you don't believe Matt Stafford's a top 10 quarterback in this league, I don't know what you're watching because you see how the team performs when he's gone. Whatever, I'm going to talk in circles here, but I just think all that, given the fact that you have a you – know, Bevel's still in town. You know, the Lions were a top 10 passing offense last year, even with David Blau and Jeff Driscoll starting the final eight games. You also have a new defensive coordinator, which was clearly your problem last year. You got a lot of help in the linebacking core. You got a lot of help up front, a lot of different faces. You got a lot of expatriates, if that counts for any of you, you know, Detroit Patriots fans out there, whatever. I really do think, and, and, and also not to mention, you got a fourth place schedule. So I think when you look at all that, I just think the Lions, they, they can find a way to win 10 games. Yeah, Trent, pass the Kool-Aid, my friend. I got him at 10 and 6. I'm just looking at the schedule, and I think this can go both ways depending on the way you look at some of these opponents they have. Obviously, you know what you're getting in the division. You're going to see Mitch in the division. You're going to see Mitch Trubisky week one. Not sold on him. It, it, it sounds like things coming out of Bears camp is that he's improved. I don't know how you don't improve after literally uh, completing an average of uh, 6.1 yards per pass last year. That's a little tough over there, but – you know, I, I look at teams out of the division, like the Cardinals. I, I'm not really sold on the whole Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and that whole regime coming into their own magically this year and making some kind of run. The Jaguars might be the worst team in the NFL this year. Who knows? Falcons, same thing. A team that's really been trying to figure it out for the last couple of years. Washington football team, I mean, that's they're a big enough joke of, of within themselves to where, I mean, you can chalk that one up. Panthers as well, new starting quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater. There's just uh, there's there's so many ways that I can justify a lot of these games being wins, and that's what kind of took me from nine and seven to ten and six is just that I think that you're at least cohesive enough of a unit, and have had guys that have been playing together for long enough to where you can, you know, give the Lions the benefit of the doubt, and they're going to win some of these games that you might be scratching your head at. You know, I don't know if they. You know, they could split with I, – I would assume that they would split or maybe drop both to the Vikings this year because the Vikings seem to have the Lions number all the time. I'm not afraid of the Packers anymore. That team seems – I mean, their quarterback is such a diva in itself. That who knows what's going on over there. But I would say 10-6. and six. I mean, I, again, it's – the thing with the Lions is it's, it's so easy to sit here and call them, oh, yeah, the, whatever I read, you know, the, 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 the – over under win totals of like they're going to win three wins four wins miss me with that stuff I think they're way beyond that point even if their head coach isn't as competent as people think that he is either way I I think it's a 10 and 6 team I I, the playoff has expanded a bit this year too isn't it no I don't think so it's not no whatever that doesn't help my case but NFL season's normal I'd like to think that they can get into a wild card spot. And, and you know, again, yeah, for me, I think you guys are correct. If, if they get into the playoffs, regardless of what happens, it's at least a, a stepping stone. That I, you know what? I, I'll go a step further. If they go to the playoffs and get their heads chipped in first game, I, I don't like – and it's just like clear that they like – they went nine and seven to get the last wild card spot. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just don't think Patricia's good, a good coach. I don't think that's a hot take either. 
No, it's it's not. If they if they scrape in and get buried, then I mean it might be. I want, like to... I wouldn't hate that either because I don't think like I there needs to be like a huge change this year because he just simply the last two years have been horrible. Correct. I think by by year three, you have to look at the end of this year and go, did you guys take a major step this year? And that major step in my eyes and in your eyes as well is it has to be the playoffs. And if you don't take that major step, then what are we doing here? I, you know, it's it's what have you done for me lately? And, and the, the average lifespan of, of coaches, especially in football, it's three to four years. And if things are moving the right way, then great. If not, then you're out. So I don't think 10 and six is, is unfair in my eyes. I hear where you're coming from nine and seven there, Collins. Um, but other than that, I mean, do we want to do picks? Do we want to look at week one? How, do, how should we uh, wrap up Lions here? Let's do pets, baby. I wish we, All right. we, we, wish we had the underlying music in our ears right now. I know. That's, that's the one thing that I'm going to desperately miss about the studio and that I already do is the uh, NFL primetime theme playing under the pick segment I'd, I'd have to pull up I will definitely pull up for next week how we all finished last year because I would like to know I have to imagine Collins came in first and Trent came in last sorry Come sounds on. right you have to imagine you don't have you to pick the Lions every week Trent <laughs> well maybe I'll pick against them every week this year okay it would help that the Lions works. win that's fine yeah. um, but let's start off let's let's take a look I know the last time I looked I do want to confirm, the last time I looked, the Lions were a three-point favorite coming into this game. Um, it looks like I'm seeing a lot of 43-and-a-half for the over-under. So, Ryan Collins, our unofficial reigning champ, um, let's see what your picks are for week one. Uh, I think this game goes over. I think it's a little bit higher scoring of a game than you think. I know you guys are bashing Trubisky and stuff, and he was horrible last year. And There's no – Doubt that he wasn't, but like he he's proven he can work like in a system. Like like he did that a year ago, and I think like he'll regress to the mean a little bit because he is really talented. I I'm not completely out on Trubisky being like a serviceable like Alex Smith type of quarterback, but I I could be wrong. That's just me. But I I think it's a higher scoring game. I like the Bears this week. I, I think it's a weird spot for the Lions. I do. I do. I just think it's a weird spot for the Lions. <laughs> I, I like the Bears this week. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, my God. And I hate the Bears. And I hate the Bears. I hate the Bears. I just – if I'm being objective, I like the Bears this week. Okay. Well, I hate them too, and that's why I'm going to pick the Lions. I think the Lions win. And, look, look, I'll, I'll say this. Khalil Mack is the best player on that team. I think everyone's aware of that. Their defense wasn't healthy either, too, last year. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, the full-strength defense, one of the better defenses in NFL. Yeah, so they got their full-strength defense. I will take full-strength Matt Stafford, and I will take Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, each to have a touchdown. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. I think the final score I – know, I know we don't have to do score. We just do over-under. I think the Lions win about, like, 24 to 13-ish. So I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under. I think the Lions win by double digits. And I think Stafford plays great. And, again, I think this Lions defense plays a lot better than they have in the past. I think they make that statement. Everyone kind of realizes. And, look, they made that statement last year against the Cardinals in week one until the fourth quarter in overtime where they took their foot off the gas and played prevent defense. You know, the problem is – or not the problem. The difference is now you've got a new defensive coordinator. So I, I really do think 
I think this Lions defense with all the new the new cogs they got, you know, you got Snacks out, you got Aishon out, you got Slay out, whatever. You brought in a bunch of guys, and I think collectively they're going to be a really good unit. So I'm going to take the Lions to stand tall, mostly on defense. Stafford leads you to a win. And, and, and you, don't, you don't cruise to a win, but you win by double digits. Yeah, I, this is a tough, tough spot. And obviously, you know, it's how obvious is it to say that this, there's really so much uncertainty coming into week one. You know, is it going to be a sloppy game for all teams across the board? Is it the offense that's going to struggle? Is it the defense that's going to struggle? I, my, my knee-jerk reaction, I, I, I agreed with Collins when he said over. I just think that for whatever reason – I think the offenses on both sides will just be able to click and maybe the defenses are going to be the groups on both sides that are a little bit slow to the party as far as getting their feet under them and getting moving. I'm going to take the Bears to cover, but I'm going to take the Lions to win. Um, I, I can totally see the game where the Lions are, are down late and Stafford's got to come back in the fourth quarter uh, and the defense holds strong to maybe a, a one or two point lead and the Lions just escape and they win and we're feeling good about ourselves. Um, come the podcast on Monday or Tuesday. Um, so definitely Bears cover, but but Lions win. I, I, I here, Here's the biggest thing I want out of this game. I know there's been so much uncertainty in the NFL and across all sports and in everyone's lives with this COVID stuff. It's I think it would really be a testament to the kind of coach Matt Patricia is based on how the Lions show up, drive one, both sides of the ball. I'd like to hope that this team can start fast and at least be prepared to play and not get caught with their pants down because that to me, you know, this, the sign of a good coach, in my opinion, is in times of adversity, how to get your team to respond. And, and if the Lions are going to come out flat and I'm going to have to hear from Patricia in the press conference week one of, you know, we got a lot of things to work on and we haven't had a lot of time to do this and that we've been dealing with it. I miss me with that stuff because everyone's on the same page here. So so we'll see. Um, but that's that's the picks for, for this week, and I guess we'll start keeping track again, and who knows? Maybe this is Trent's year. It could this be. This is Trent. my year. Drink the Kool-Aid. If you drink the Kool-Aid with the Lions, you're drinking the Kool-Aid with Trent Malley of the Motown Rundown. Let's go. Trent, do you have a trifecta for us this week, my friend? Of course. You think I'm, you think I'm just – some pedestrian. I, well, see, here's the thing. I, I, get, I have a bit of the, the Ryan Collins syndrome where just I assume that you haven't done your homework for the week, but oh, I, don't mean to put, I don't mean to put that on you. So, I, you know, you're come a buttoned-up guy. I know disrespect, Collins. I know you're a buttoned-up guy. What do you got for us, Trent? I got a trifecta, and I, I, I'll be honest. I think it's a, it's a B-plus trifecta. I've had oh. better. I've had better trifecta. <laughs> well, wasn't a whole lot happening this week in sports, and I always try to relate it to kind of what the current events are, but here's the deal. <clears throat> First of all, I kind of alluded to this before Rabs hopped on the Zoom. He's talking to Collins as I'm sitting here in my Jared Davis jersey. I'm due for a new one. Not saying Jared Davis is on his way out or anything, but I get, I get a jersey on average. It's not of, good. Well, I, listen, I, I actually think it's <laughs> great this year, but my thing is, I get a jersey like every two years-ish, you know, and I didn't get one last year. So here's my thing. Do I get Trey Flowers or Marvin Jones? Both high-risk situations. What are you looking at me like that for, Rabs? Come on. I need a new uh, Neither. I'm gonna, no, I'm going to say neither. What? You know who my, you know who my guy I'll is? I'll go with Kuda. To get, uh, I don't know about that. I hear my opinion is because this guy is about to get paid by your Detroit Lions. How about Kenny Galladay? Uh, yeah, not good pick. Okay, he's great. The problem is there's going to be 
thousands of Kenny Galladay jerseys on the field, and I'm always – So you want to be the guy. You want to be the random guy. You want to be the random guy. Okay, I got it. Let me tell you my jersey. Okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. Okay, you might – Tracy Walker. Yes. Don't do that. Be the guy who – If you want to be random guy, Tracy Walker. That's really good. That's actually good at basketball. I mean, football, sorry. He's probably good at basketball, too. Probably. If you want to go off the board, I would say Tracy Walker or the new Aquara brother. Julian. Oh, I've thought about that. The new Aquara brother over Okuda? I mean, dude, people are going to start having Okuda. Jer- I mean, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to be a huge, huge piece of this defense right away. But once he starts getting reps in and is, like, making plays, people are going to flock to the Okuda. Because it's, it's fresh. It's recency bias. Yeah, because if he's good, why don't you want his jersey? Because Trent wants to be odd man out guy. He wants because to be Ashley always, My whole guy. life I've had James Stewart, Joyke Bell, and DeAndre Levy. That's why James I want James Stewart. Yeah, James Stewart, yes. Sorry. Move on. Whatever. I got your guys' answers. Cool. None of the above. Question number two. If you could attend one Grand Slam tennis major, which would it be and why? Wimbledon. Not even close. See, that's the answer that makes me upset. Not, not the Wimbledon answer, the, the not even close answer. It's not close. No, for me, there's other things. That, it'd be cool to watch people play on clay in the French Open. It would, but uh, it, it would, Trent, but it's. In January and watch the Australian Open, you know, when we got winter, we got brutal winter over here in America. We get to go to Australia and experience some warm weather in January and see all the cool wildlife and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. What do you think? Uh. I've always wanted to go to the U.S. Open. My aunt is a tennis professional, and she's gone a bunch of times. It looks like a really good time, especially if you're someone who's 21 years old, to get to go to New York, go to Flushing, and have a time there at the U.S. Open. But it's Wimbledon. I, I, it's, it looks like – it's like Wimbledon and the Masters, the two most prestigious country club sport events. Getting to go to Wimbledon, having the strawberries, having like all the having the champagne in the morning, wearing the all white. It's it's like a spiritual experience. It's gotta be Wimbledon. But I, I would say going to the US Open would be pretty cool too. It's I, I don't think it's close though. What are the Grand Slam events for this sport? The French, which is in Roland Garros, France. Is that correct? Sounds right. I don't know if Roland Garros is a place or that's where the tennis facility is called, but it's at Roland Garros. Um, the Australian Open in Melbourne, the U.S. Open in Flushing, New York, and Wimbledon, Wimbledon which is in London. <sighs> I don't know. I, I guess Wimbledon. I, I like the vibe. It's Wimbledon. I, I'm so, I, I, it's Wimbledon. I'm sorry. I like the vibe. You know what I would like to see? You know what I also realized? or I didn't realize, is like a brutal, brutal event. The Tour de France is Sounds horrible. That would suck. Why would anyone do that? that. I, why would anyone be a cyclist? It doesn't well, seem Well, if you were blood doping, I think it'd be easy if you were, if you were under the influence of yeah. uh, paraphernalia. You know what? Live strong. Guys still beat cancer. I don't care. Yeah, damn right he did. Uh, you give me Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah wow. always. Yeah, the <laughs> I promise. Jeez. I promise. I, mean, I promise. I mean, it's better than having a live strong. At least LeBron's a good guy. Okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry uh, that I'd support a, a charity that gives the cancer research for children. I'm sorry. I mean, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, the live strong bracelet will just always 
be involved with like you have to separate separate the two. You separate can't. You two. can't. You just can't. It's a. It's unfortunate, <laughs> but you can't. I'm being honest. Okay, Wimbledon, Trent. I guess because that's the only one I actually knew about. Okay, so Collins said Wimbledon by far. Rab said Wimbledon. I guess. Cool. By default. Question three. Question three. What is your biggest stupid source of money loss? What do you spend your money on all the time and you're like, I got to stop doing this? Alcohol. Besides, besides sports betting, that's obvious. Like, Alcohol. Okay, fair. It, it, the thing as a college student, you always uh, – me and my roommates had this conversation the other week. Literally, if I didn't spend alcohol, money on alcohol every weekend, I would be fine. I wouldn't spend literally any money. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 save money. I'm spending too much money. There's just one thing I could cut out, and I could just be like, oh, I have a lot of money now that I could just kind of spend and do stuff. But I'm like, no, I like having a good time with my friends, so I keep getting it. Not saying I'm an alcoholic or anything. I'm just saying. Well, you're in college. You're in college. And and when you're a younger kid in college and you have to go to certain places that get alcoholic drinks and they give you the upcharge, that's always tough too. So I'd go there. And maybe hats. Hats, I, I have a million hats, and I always want more, even though I wear them, like, twice. Good answer. Yeah. Two good, very – two very solid answers there from Ryan Collins. Rabs, what you got? I would say in my younger days when I was a college student, it was hats and jerseys. I went through a horrible DH gate slash AliExpress phase where I was probably spending, like, $60 every couple of weeks on jerseys that I would really only wear once because you get to a certain point in college where you realize – Wearing a jersey places isn't all that cool anymore. So once I hit that point, I stopped buying the jerseys. I do have a ton of hats too, and I wear like four or five. I used to have a problem with being a big merch guy. Like every time I go to a concert or I would travel to a city, I'd be like, oh, I just passed through Ludington, Michigan. Let's just walk into a gift shop and get a Ludington, Michigan t-shirt that no one cares about and actually looks kind of dusty unless you're a 55-year-old dad on vacation. Um now I would say, oh gosh, I would say now mine is like golf balls and like golf tees, golf is but so that's just more so because my golf, my golf game like is, isn't good enough to keep balls out of hazards. And like, that's why I have to keep spending money on balls and tees. I use the martini tees. I don't know if you guys have seen these. They're if like you thicker. use a martini tee, you might as well not play golf with me ever. Okay, well, I prior to me prior to me snapping my martini tee in half, I used the same tee for two years. So that's that's the best two to three dollar investment of all time. Yeah, it also makes you worse at golf. I'm convinced. How? It doesn't. I'm telling you, it's a visual thing. Anyone who uses a martini tee, I know, is bad. Like very bad. Well, whatever. That's just your opinion. That's just my opinion. Okay. Those are very good answers. Mine would be subscriptions. Stupid things that. Oh I yeah, I don't even know what I'm paying for at this what? point. Well, dude, I have subscriptions to every streaming service for no yeah. reason. But here's the thing: every now and so then I'll be like, "Turn oh, off." I kind of want to watch this. Oh, it's on Hulu. Too bad I got rid of my Hulu subscription. See, I don't want to be that guy, so I keep them all. Right? I I keep them all. I, have I get them. that. I feel that. Like, Collins, you'll appreciate this. Last night, I wanted to watch a little Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Why? I don't know. Just kind of came to me. Thought it sounded fun, and it was. It was very fun. I watched the episode where Chloe – You watched the earlier seasons? I, I watched one earlier one, and then I watched one where, like, Chloe doesn't want Tristan Thompson at True's birthday party. Oh, dude. Very- 
Sure, some time. Lamar Odom era of that show, unbelievable. Yeah. No, it's great. Also, the stage drama in the earlier seasons is just like unbearable to watch, but it's awesome to watch at the same time. But whatever, minus subscriptions. And, and as I watched my bank account, I watched a couple things pop up this week. I just that came to mind, so I wanted to know what your guys' biggest stupid source of money loss was. Great. I'm afraid to look at my bank account weekly because I'm just I don't like it. It makes me feel tweezy. Here's a sad thing that I had to start doing. I love watching Hard Knocks, and I don't have HBO on, like, cable at home, nor do I have any of the three to seven streaming services that HBO tries to offer people. So I've been watching Hard Knocks episodes on some random guy's Twitch stream. That's unbelievable. That's kind of greasy. Collins, can we say that's rock bottom from Rad? I mean, dude, you might as well just pay the 10 bucks for, like, a month for an HBO Max. I would rather (laughs) do that. I have HBO Max because my parents have HBO. I'll tell you, great catalog. And they also have the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which I've been watching, which is And Game of Thrones. Okay, who cares about that show? No one does. Wait, wait, on the Fresh Prince topic real quick before I turn. Great show. Well, yeah, it's a great show. Those Carlton commercials with the new Chris Paul. Oh, they're the worst commercials on television. They're so bad. I get mad. Like, ask. Well, I'm not your dad. That's so funny, dude. No, it's not. I get so mad when I watch this. Do you actually think those are funny, Rebs? Kinda. Okay, dude. uh, We might need to end the pod. Those are objectively the worst commercials I've ever seen in my life. They're not funny. Creepy. No, the Liberty Mutual ones are bad too. No, Liberty, 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 Liberty. Limu, Emu, and Doug are the best (laughs) I've ever seen. Yeah, are you kidding me? Those are electric. Emu, emu. <laughs> oh my god! Objective, okay. objective take there. Liberty Mutual. It was an objective take. Those are good commercials. Limu Emo is better than the new Chris Paul. Okay, no, so- obviously, that's the worst commercial I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, our last thing here before we wrap it up, we do have to squeeze in our dumb sports radio segment that everyone loves. Brought to you by Ryan Collins Incorporated. Um, Let's do this Uh, because I don't want to keep you guys for that much longer. And this podcast might be going on three hours. Let's do uh, one each either. We can call it way too early NFL prediction or overreaction or hot take that you have for the NFL as a whole this year. Any team, any player, anything. I think the jets might be good this year. Never mind. Collins will start. Go for it. Sorry. Let's write that down. I think the Jets might be good this year as Ryan Collins. I'm a Sam Darnold guy. Always have been. I think they are good this year. That's my hot take. Okay. Okay. My hot take is the Lions win the Super Bowl. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let me give you, let me give you a real one. I genuinely believe the Chiefs might not win the division. Okay. They'll make the playoffs. Who's going to win it then? If the Jets might not be good or the Jets might be good is not a hot take. That's like – I I think the Jets will be good. That is a hot take. The Jets usually suck. I'm just asking you, who do you think is going to beat the Chiefs? Like, who's going to win that division? The Broncos. Drew Locke looked actually really good. Wow. Okay, that's just not happening. Listen to me for three seconds. (laughs) This is not happening. This is called hot takes. This is not me putting my money but in the true. ranch on the Broncos to win the division. All I'm saying is the Broncos have a chance. They still got a really good defense. They got a couple pieces there. Drew Locke looks really good. And I don't know. They got a good coach, too. So, uh, 
whatever. I'm just saying, Chiefs, you know, you get a little Super Bowl championship hangover a little bit. Maybe they start the season one and two or something, put themselves in a little bit of a hole. You never know. We're going to find out tomorrow. Like, if the Chiefs lose to the Texans tomorrow, I'm going to double down on that. I think the Broncos might win the division. Might. Could. That's a hot take. Okay. Okay. All right. I have – I can't decide on one, so here's my three, and you guys can vote on which one I should stick with. Okay, number one, Rams – or Ravens go undefeated. Number two, uh, Case what? Keenum take – Not Ravens happening. go undefeated. Not happening. Okay, all right. We'll cancel that one. Uh, Case Keenum takes – uh-oh. Starter by week seven. And then my last one. Case Keenum, say it again. Say it again. We didn't Case, hear it. Case Keenum takes over as Brown's starter by week seven. Okay, that's a uh, – I'm a Baker guy, too. I think Baker will be fine. I okay. like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Uh, it depends on what your third one is, but I like that take. Here's my last one. Here's my last one. Ready? Cam Newton wins the MVP. Patriots don't mess a beat. No, no. Second take is your most likely option. Case Keenum. Keenum's in. <laughs> Dude, Collins, I'd like to get your perspective on this because you're a Baker guy. Here's my thing with Baker. He hasn't really been great. Obviously, he's young. And that's what he has going. He was good his rookie year. He was good his rookie year, but bad last year. And last year was – Yeah, they had the worst – I'm, I'm not kidding. If I don't know if there's any Cleveland Browns fans that listen to this. They will know this. When they got to the goal line at the end of the L.A. Rams game last year, that was some of the worst piece of coaching I've ever seen. They had one of the worst offensive lines in football. And – they literally went empty backfield for four straight possessions and didn't run the ball one time when they had a timeout. Like, they just had terrible play calling last year, okay. and he had no protection. He was running for his life. Well, do you so want to – I'm not going to completely write off Baker, and I don't know if their offensive line will be better, but, like, it can't get worse than what Freddie Kitchens was last year. They were, they were a horribly coached team. That's fair, but I will say this. Baker chose Freddie Kitchens. That was his hand-picked choice. I know. And, and – Baker may be he's good. The reason they don't run the ball in the red zone is because they have Odell Beckham Jr. and Juice Landry. So, so Baker, like, seat's kind of hot this year, you know? Like, a little bit, a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. He can't suck this year, but I, th- I, I, I think Baker's fine. All right. Well, there you have it. There's our NFL screaming hot takes, including the Jets. Go Jets. Know what? I believe in you. Go see him, Donald. Don't get mono this year. Jets. All right. Is that it? Is that all we got? We're comfortable going into week one of the NFL season with this podcast. Our 40 episode today. Really? Something like that. Yes, Trent? I have one more thing to say. Yep. This is something that I am very passionate about and would like to say. What? Clear. One pride. That's it. Yeah, okay, there, it there is. you go. There you We're go. Back. We're back. We're back on the field, baby. We're back. All right. That's it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. New episodes every week. We love you guys. See you next time.